Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Miller's Game Room podcast. I'm your host Miller and this episode we're going to talk about various gaming things again like uh, the usual. So uh, first off if you like the uh, work I do please uh, like, comment, subscribe, give 5 star ratings, uh, favourites and whatever shows boosting support on your platforms of choice. Thank you very much. Uh, Firstly a little update. Um... Last week, at the time of posting this, I have released a video about my experiences with Maricot Wii Revolution. Uh, check it out. It took a while to edit and put together. I really like it. I like the video and, of course, the game because custom Maricot is incredible and more people need to check it out. And a second thing, uh, I might not have a podcast episode up on time later this month, which is really shit in a way because it's like e3 season even though e3 has been cancelled but there'll be lots of news coming up in the next couple of weeks and uh no guarantee i'll be able to get it done because uh, i have irl stuff coming up and if uh, all goes well i'll be having some other positive things but i don't want to say anything about that here but what it basically means is i can't guarantee if i'll have an episode up or i'll be able to put an episode up so um if i do it'll probably be late probably uh, near the back end of june Although it might be before, but I can't promise anything, so just a heads up, if it is if it doesn't appear in like two weeks, it'll be a bit later. So uh yeah, I'm afraid, sorry to say, but uh I will try to maybe do a bumper episode or something to make up for it. I'm not sure yet, but um I try not to do too many of these like longer episodes because it just gets tiring for me. So uh I will just uh, play it by ear and uh keep people updated. Uh, same videos on the channel, even though most people don't really watch the videos on my channel, but I, I enjoy doing them, so I'm going to do them anyway, and for the uh, few people who do, uh, I have one video I'm going to put up as well at some point, which is basically like a top 10 my PS Vita games that I like personally, which um, uh, if you um, want to watch it, check it out, I'll put it up probably um week after next at the time of posting this or recording, but I'll just uh, take it from there, thank you very much, so... I'm going to do the summary, which is basically the short stuff, mainly dates and reveals that aren't too significant. And then there's a longer section, which is more like bigger stuff, which will include the recent state of play and something relating to Activision. Yep, I hate that company, but got to cover it. And then some vision novel news, and then finally what I've been playing. So uh, let's get into it. So first up, uh, there's been a few dates regarding some of these uh, E3 season shows. First off is the PC Game Show for 2022. It's set for 12th of June at 12.30 PT, 3.30 PM ET, 8.30 PM BST, or 10.30 CET. Uh, they're different time zones. Convert it to your own if it's not there. Um, I believe this will be streamed. I'm not 100% sure, but given that it's probably been done in previous years, I don't see why it wouldn't be streamed. Uh, there was also confirmation on the Summer Games Fest 2022 partners which uh, includes the likes of, well, pretty much every major platform holder for a console except Nintendo and Steam, of course. Uh, also places like EA and Epic, yuck. And also other companies like uh, Sega, Stroke Atlas, MiHoYo and Bandai Namco. So a uh, wide range, there's a lot of other companies too I've not even touched on. So basically there'll be something for everyone this year, if all goes well. It'll be streamed on 9th of June, so next week. At 11 a.m. PT, 2 p.m. ET, 6 p.m. BST, and 8. I don't really have many predictions for E3 this year. If these companies have kind of taught one thing is that these they're really good at marketing and it's hard to predict anything nowadays. And I'd rather just go in with an open mind and not be disappointed. 
But one thing I will say is that there is meant to be a Persona 25th Times this month, so maybe something will also be announced here, maybe at Summer Games Fest, because, well, it was done before. But I'm just keeping my expectations very low because it could just be a trailer for Soul Hackers 2, and I'd be fine with that. Um, I don't need predictions at all in general, but Nintendo will probably have a Direct as well, and that will probably just have a ton of like late news for the rest of the year, as well as probably more Xenoblade 3 stuff, and maybe more Splatoon, so, uh, and um, maybe some more niche game news as well from the likes of like, Nicer and Xseed as well, because they might have some good stuff as well, but otherwise, expectations are very much tempered. Uh, Nintendo also uh, released the news on the Switch Online games, which I believe are now already out. And, uh, oh boy, they're a nice uh, crock of shit this month. We have, in the West, we have Congo's Caper, Rival Turf, exclamation mark, for the SNES, and Pinball for the NES, which is crap, to be frank. Um, in Japan, though, uh, Congo's Caper was replaced with the original Umihara Kawase, and uh, Umihara Kawase is like a cult classic like platforming series. I've not played any of those games, but I do want to someday. But I think this shows that Nintendo are starting to uh, scrape the barrel on what they're able to license from these uh, third parties, uh, especially in the West. So, um, yeah, um, what's the point of this service? Like, it's fine if you don't want to, like, if these other companies don't want to license their games to Nintendo, but fucking hell, Nintendo, please license your own shit. But it actually put it up on there because right now the service is still crap. And I'm at no apologies for saying that. I mean, I kind of see companies like Namco and Capcom and Sega like doing their own like things and their own collections, which makes sense. Like even things like the Cloner collection coming out like in a couple of months, which uh, is gonna be really cool, by the way. It's something lots of people on platform games. Looking forward to more Cloner, <laughs> uh, but still, it's just a bit disappointing. It's just more of a running joke about how shit the Switch Online is. So um, yeah. And also on this podcast too. Yes, every month. At least one rant from me, Miller, about how shit Switch Online is. Wow. Anyway, now on to good news. Uh, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered was announced for PS5, PS4, Switch, PC, iOS and Android. Uh, this was in a recent like Saga series broadcast in Japan. And it was, uh, I'm guessing it will venture get a worldwide release like the others. It's due out this winter. It's a remaster of the PS2 remake, which was called Romancing Saga in North America. Like, this remake was originally a remake of the SMA's original, which I'm assuming is called Romancing Saga. And then that got, game got remade for the PlayStation 2, and that got released in North America, so it didn't come to Europe. We got Unlimited Saga instead, which is shit, apparently. And so we didn't get it, and now this remaster assuming it gets worldwide release, will be the first time that us Europeans can actually legally play it, which is going to be really cool. Um, this game will mainly in the whole like original Romancing Saga trilogy will now have remasters available on modern platforms. So as well as the first game, there's Saga 2 and Saga 3, which is really cool. Um, we'll likely also get Switch Physical in Asia as well, because uh, Arc System Works and Square Enix both love doing these Asian physicals for these games, which should be getting physicals in the West. But it's good that the option exists, so uh, that's good news. Also in uh, releases, uh, Hatsumiku Prodigy the Mega Mix got ported to PC, and uh, is now available. It's called uh, just basically the same name, but with the plus symbol on the end. And I think it's a good thing, because... Uh, First off, it's good that Hatsumiku Project Diva games are finally coming to PC because all means the modding potential is going to be really good. The custom songs and stuff like that, 
and also backporting more like Diva Future Tone, which is the ultimate Miku game which you can get on PS4. Um, there's lots of potential, and I'm hoping that Sega decides to like, keep capitalizing on that, especially now that it seems Krypton have now allowed this to happen. Because usually when these decisions are made, it's got to be consulted with both the license holder and the like the publisher of the game. And it was more likely to be Krypton blocking it, especially because Japanese companies can be really weird. Like I remember something with like VIP holder for the company that has the the face for the protagonist in Judgment was like, no, you can't put it on PC because we don't want people to mod it, even though people were already modding like the Kasuka guy in other games. So. Just trying to delay being able with these Japanese devs and their weird as hell business decisions. So uh, that's uh, a whole tangent. But also, uh, Trinity Trigger, which was uh, revealed in Japan by Furayu for PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. Uh, this is basically meant to be like a traditional throwback action RPG. It looks really cute, it looks really cool, and it's launching in 15th of September. Over there, like, no word on the Western release, but let's be honest, it's Furayu, and it's a game for consoles. It will almost certainly get a Western release in the future, especially because it's also on the PC. There's also a demo available for PS4 and Switch on the respective Japanese storefronts, which uh, I have downloaded, and I have played a bit of, and I'm going to give my impressions later in part 4 of this podcast. Stay tuned! And finally, Sega uh, confirmed very recently before recording this is that they've now revealed the Sega Mega Drive Mini 2 for Japan. Uh, it will launch on the 27th of October there for 9,980 yen, which is basically about 75 USD or 60 GBP. Uh, it's quite a lot so far, so uh, there will probably be a large number of games like there was for the first one. Uh, but here's the games that have been confirmed so far. And I'm going to draw attention to one particular one at the end. I've got Bonanza Bros, Fantasy Zone, Magical Tarurotukun, Mansion of Hidden Souls, uh, Popful Mail, Shining Force CD, Shining in the Darkness, Silpede, Sonic CD, Thunder Force 4, and Virtue Racing. So Popful Mail was the one I emphasised because that's the one I, want, I draw attention of, and because that is a Nihon Falcon RPG. And that's I believe that's the first time it's actually getting re-released in any form for a really long time. And that's really great news because that game is actually incredibly expensive now in both Japan and the West. It had an interesting history in that it was released by Working Designs over here. So it was kind of like... It was... It was how difficulty was bumped up and then obviously because of the limited printing it was like really hard to get hold of now. And now people were like actually fan patched the Japanese original because it was actually easier to play in Japan so if you wanted to play the game the best option was to play that version so if this version like of the Mega Drive comes out worldwide I hope Pop4 Mail is included with the translation but it might not be possible especially because uh, working designs are uh, out of business or at least if it is just don't have the really ridiculous hard content in it because that's infuriating and um, also like Shining Force as well, so two more Shining games, which is cool as well, and also Sonic CD, so pretty cool there. Alright, now onto the longer news section, which is um, first off going to talk about the state of play on the 2nd of June, which happens um, quite late at night for me, and I did watch it. I um, went in with low expectations because with Sony it's more about the West nowadays, so you're not going to see much niche stuff here, although I was pleasantly surprised. I'm not talking about everything because one, I didn't keep track of it all, and two, some of them just really didn't interest me at all. So I'll just talk about what I was found interesting. 
So first off, uh, Final Fantasy 16 was uh, resurfaced again, uh, dated for summer 2023, and they had a new trailer for it called Dominance. It had a uh, battle system showed off and some like characters and stuff. And there's also written information as well, including a list of like the major staff as well. Uh, I'm hoping for the fans of Final Fantasy, it's actually like a return to form and like a proper return to form, like not like not Dev Hell like Final Fantasy 15, but an actual modern classic. And um, uh, I'm hopeful because uh, I'm not personally interested to be honest, because I've just never been interested in Final Fantasy. But you never know, really. Uh, Street Fighter 6 was also uh, shown off again, so that's dated for 2023 for like PS5, PS4. Later revealed for Xbox Series as well and PC. Um, also, V and I hope it's good for the fans. I just hope it's not a massive mess like Street Fighter Five was, trying to like pander to the esports crowd and launching half baked and stuff like that. With uh, that's a whole other thing. We go into that and it's just a lot of a mess. Uh, Capcom also revealed the Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, this was like heavily rumored for a long time, and that was revealed for like PS Five and also Xbox Series and PC. Uh, for March 24th, 2023, so um, that's interesting. That's like the most popular Resident Evil game, and it's also noteworthy because it's exclusive to like, I don't want to say the words current gen, but in terms of the latest consoles, it is exclusive to the latest consoles, and I wouldn't really consider it current gen because most people have still not adopted the consoles yet, and there isn't much incentive to really, unless you're really into like the biggest blockbusters and have a lot of money, and putting aside my feelings for the consoles even launching now, there's just not much appeal for it. As for more niche stuff, because there was some niche stuff too, um, there was a game called uh, Eternites, which was announced for PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, this is actually a visual novel hack and slash hybrid by a developer called Studio Psy. Uh, it looks really nice, looks very anime inspired, it's got a very, really charming aesthetic. Quite similar to Persona, actually. I even looked at the developer's Twitter. It's like, well, I like Persona 3, 4, and 5 so much. I'm going to make a game inspired by Persona. And it's like, I'm thinking now I've seen that. It's like, yeah, it's actually pretty good, actually, in that sense. I'm hoping it lives up to its potential because it might be nice to have an indie-like RPG. Especially one that has a hybrid that combines vision novel and hack and slash. Because there aren't many like people that combine those genres, really. Especially when it's action. Because either turn-based like Utawari Mono or not at all which is just like point and click and stuff so it's interesting to see what could be pulled off here actually oh there is also technically the action segments in Buddy Mission Bond but that's Japan only so uh, us uh, Gaijin unfortunately do not have that term of reference so uh boohoo also another game called Stray it will launch for PlayStation 5 4 and PC via Steam on the 19th of July and uh, which was an uh, Annapurna interactive game and Blue 12 Studio, the developer. It's basically a cute little game where you play as a cat and a little droid and you have to go through this like so punk city and it's so cute seeing the cat and I love it. It's cute seeing the cat. And I hope it's good because game the cute cat and be cosy because cats are cute. And now I'm just rambling for no reason now, but cats are cute and they're very cute. Um... Couple, there was also some PSVR 2 news, which uh, I largely just did not care for. Uh, only two noteworthy bits I'll mention is that No Man's Sky was announced for PSVR 2, which I thought was surprising considering all the mess happened with the original No Man's Sky years ago. And also Resident Evil Village as well was getting a port to it, and um, okay, that's fine. I, I don't care for VR, so um, I don't have any further comment to make, so I'm going to move on.
There was also Horizon Forbidden West version 1.14, which was basically revealed and released. This has a bunch of like minor quality of life stuff, and in all honesty, after reading the list, it's like, why can't this have just been in the base game like straight away? And you've got basically like new game plus, an option to like redistribute skill points, ultra hard difficulty setting, um, and also a uh, transmog, which is like allowing players to easily customize the cosmetics of their outfit like anything else, and also some new weapons and trophies. So um, so that's um good if you're into that. Uh, I've not even played Zero Dawn, so I'm not even going to bother going into Forbidden West yet, and I don't know if I will, to be honest. If I do, it won't be for years, but it's good for those into it. It does look a great game, so it's good that thing's here, but I do feel that should have been in the disc day one. The next bit is Dragon Quest Day News. So this was back on May 27th when Yuji Hori like, released a video with some news on like Dragon Quest-related stuff. It was like, in, like a Dragon Quest ride in the background and talking about it. Um, I don't really want to ramble too much about the ride because it was like, it just kind of filler really and it's a Japan only attraction and I don't want to like talk too much about a Japan only ride which most of us will never ride even though it does look kind of cute so if you're into like Dragon Quest ride look into it. So I'll just read the part that relates to games because that's the most interesting part and also that save a bit of time as well. So I'll just read it. In 2022, it will also be the 10th anniversary of the launch of Dragon Quest X. We have a lot of plans to mark the occasion in the works, so hope you look forward to celebrating with us. So just for context, this is the Japan-exclusive 10th entry in the series, which is an MMO. We're also going to be releasing a lot of new Dragon Quest titles this year. Work is already well underway on Dragon Quest X Offline and Dragon Quest Treasures. So, uh, Dragon Quest X Offline might actually be what we get in the West for Dragon Quest X. Because, of course, it's offline, so there's less costs. Now, I said I'd read the statement from Hori, but instead I'm just commenting in the middle of it. But it doesn't fucking matter. I'm just going to keep doing it now. Um, and the mobile version of Dragon Quest Builders is ready to go. It should be available to download from app stores very soon. So please take a look. Or for more information about the game, head to our official site. We're working hard on building Dragon Quest 12, but there'll be plenty more Dragon Quest to tide you over until it's finished. And that's basically the end aside from thank you for supporting Dragon Quest so uh pretty good overall uh, Builders is out worldwide uh it's on iOS and Android now I like the game you can tell it's an experimental title but that doesn't matter it's still great pick it up uh Treasures got a Japanese subtitle as well it's called Blue Eyes and the Compass of the Skies and for the West we get that's it that's the title in other words we get nothing so that's that and um it's nice that we're getting this, especially as events that now we're acknowledging worldwide more, especially for Dragon Quest. I'm hoping that we do get Dragon Quest X offline, and Treasures lives up to what the hype is, because that was meant to be a Monsters reboot, but then it just turned into its own thing, which, uh, from what I can tell so far, sounds like it might be the best, because there was, like, a long time of silence, so there was obviously some kind of development trouble, with hence for silence, and honestly, it's better for it to take longer, and it turned out to be great. Especially because, like, it's got, like, Eric and Mia in it, and they're, like, the siblings from... Dragon Quest XI, and it's like, Dragon Quest XI is the best-selling Dragon Quest game, so more people are going to know who like, those characters are, so I just hope they live up to the promise. And also, Dragon Quest, like, Treasures is meant to be, like, getting more news in June as well, so who knows, that might surface in an E3 show season presentation as well. That's cool. And next part is not so cool, but it's the Activision stuff. Uh, this is a reference to the update on the lawsuit for the parents of the victim who unfortunately committed suicide. Uh, no, hang on. 
And now moving on to the part of Activision, which I'll just keep brief. Uh, just a content warning, this does reference the person that unfortunately took their own life because of, well, harassment and abuse. And it's about the parents' lawsuit. I'm not going to go into details, but that's basically what this is about. And the parents of this person who took their own life uh, asked the California court to dismiss the, quote-unquote, entire action of the lawsuit on the 6th of May. But it only just surfaced very recently when Axios picked up the story and actually reported on it. Uh, they asked for it to be done, quote-unquote, with prejudice, so in US law means the same lawsuit can't be filed again, and no reason was given, and Axios tried to get comments from both the family lawyer and Activision, but they got no, they got no comment, basically. They didn't want to comment, which is their right, but also, uh, it's like, my first thought when seeing this was basically, what to, what to bet it was Activision either paying them for silence, or or causing more harassment and distress to them to the point where they felt they had to drop it and that's pretty awful that I that, that was the first thought I had on it and it's like it just has a lot of how shit they are and it's like I can't wait for Microsoft to actually buy them out because I'm against the whole acquisition trend but it's like Activision's one of the exceptions because it's basically that company is so rotten it just needs a complete reboot and if it means being bought up by Microsoft and, a, and having, like, Phil Spencer at all, who are generally lean more towards being, like, pro-consumer in some ways, but not in others, obviously, then it'd probably be better, especially for, like, the staff as well. So, that's a bit shit, but in the day, it is the right of these parents to do that, and to, even if you disagree with it, to, like, respect their decision. Um, we don't know what happened, we might never know what happened, even though, given how Activision have been... Now I profile they are, it's possible that we'll get a reason at some point via some leak or something, because that's what tends to happen. And just to clarify, aside from the facts, I'm just kind of leaning sort of into speculation territory when I said my initial thoughts on what might have happened, so uh, don't take anything I'm saying as the truth, but that's just uh, how I'm seeing it based on initial uh, thoughts on it. But yeah, it's just awful all around, because if a company mistreats its employees so much that's, that people feel they have to, like, take their own lives. Your company is shit. And I don't give a shit what anyone says in response to that. Your company is shit if your actions literally kill people. Yeah, so content warning end. And now onto the vision novel news. This is going to be, like, a shorter section because there's not too much to talk about, but there are some good nuggets here. Uh, first up is about Pier 4A Episodio 1926. Uh, that's the fan disc to Pier 4 a Fated Memories, which I know a lot of people in the Otome community looking forward to. That's coming out on the September 22nd in like, North America and Europe, so uh, that's coming with a standard limited edition. Um, I've not played Pier 4 a I'm not really interested in this one. Uh, maybe I might like it if I play Pier 4 a but there's not much hype for me for this one, but it's still a good milestone because more fan discs. And then after this, we're getting some other games like the games that love pretend etc which i'm really looking forward to so uh if you're into otome and like pure you might want to play this one there's also a limited edition as well which just has a a bunch of things in it to be honest i've forgotten but it didn't look too interesting to me oh and a, a cloth poster was one of them i think but if you're into otome want to collect them there's a game to pick up also uh needy streamer overload uh this was a game that came out on pc like in january it looks really cute uh, I saw it and it looked great. It's it's kind of like a point-and-click adventure more than a visual, but I kind of wanted to include it here because I think it leans closer to the kind of games here. And that's coming out on Switch in 27th October in Japan 
Um, it's sold over like 400,000 copies on Steam, if I remember. It's like a big hit, actually. And you're basically like playing as a streamer and these kind of things, and it's really cute in that way. It looks cool. Uh, it's getting a physical version in Japan, actually. Uh, it will likely contain English, especially if it's simultaneous. Because I think the PC version had like Japan and English and possibly was day one, but that would be a cool option for importers. I think there's also a physical copy for Idol Manager as well coming out in Japan, which is actually different news, which wasn't on my scripts, but that's coming out as well. Idol Manager physical version, which um, is actually an English version of all original, so uh, that's also a thing. There's also Witch on the Holy Night, uh, that got dated for, for December in Japan. Uh, this is the Type Moon VN like the story I've talked about before, which is a really big deal for Visual fans, so of course I'll be talking about it. Uh, first print limited edition with an outer box and a bonus art book is now going to be available for it, as well as the standard edition. Uh, that was went up for pre-order on the 30th, I think, and it's a look, pretty big deal. People already started poovering them up for like PS4 and Switch. Uh, the PS4 will also get a digital art book edition, like that money as well. I think it's like 7,000 something yen for the, this bonus first print edition, and it'll also be a standard. Um, no news on a Western release, although I think it might happen digitally, but that's me speculating as well, and we'll probably get a PC version from Aniplex as well, but that's my speculation as well. Most likely, we'll, if, it, if it does like come to the West officially, that will be confirmed at a later date, so um, just hold out if you're not really wanting to import it. And now finally into the world of fan translations now. There was a fan patch released for Amagami, which is a visual novel by Enterbrain and published by Kadokawa Games. It's an older game. It's now available for both PS2 and PSP. There is also a Vita version, but this patch is only for PS2 and PSP. Um, this is like a classic like dating sim visual novel game. I had an anime adaptation that aired in English like over 10 years ago. It's a long time ago, but it existed, so it's what some people will know of it. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis from VNDB, and I'll leave a link to the translation website, which is by uh, Nishishi Translations in the description, so if you want to check it out, there you go. It's called a better patch because the developer of the patch, I know, has had trouble getting it out, and then like there may be bugs in it, so it's more of a play-at-your-own-risk kind of thing, which is fine because... I think the fact a patch like this exists is still like really big news, especially for such an old game like this. So here's the VND synopsis to kind of get a feel for the kind of game it is. Two years ago, Junichi Tachibana got his heart broken by a girl who stood up to him on a date on Christmas Eve. Now a second year student in high school, Junichi is wary of love because of his past and dislike celebrating Christmas. However, this Christmas, he's encountered one of six girls from his school, Haruka Morishima, Kaoru Tanamachi, Sei Nakata, Ai Nanasaki, Rihoko Sakurai, or Tsukasa Ayatsuchi will finally open his heart to love again. This kind of reads like a cross between Two Heart 2 and White Album now I think about it, but they're not developed by Ak Plus, this is Enterbrain, so uh... Oh, actually, I'm going to spontaneously talk about something else because it was actually um, Japanese PlayStation Plus, which was also revealed. And on that list as well, there are Aqua Plus Vision levels. So if you want, if you have PS5 and a Japanese like PS5 Premium, you can also play the likes of White Album, White Album 2, and uh, Two Heart 2 DX Plus, and most likely other Vines as well, like BB Matiz to Tiara. But you can play that on PS5, which is really cool. So. Uh, Yay, Aqua Plus, well done for acknowledging your past, outside of Utawa Omino. Well done. Yeah, that was just completely spontaneous, but... Yeah, if you want to play, like, Armagami, give it a try.
And finally, for the episode today, we're going to talk about what I've been playing, which is basically, welcome to the world of hacked PlayStation Vita content. Because that's basically something else I did, so uh, who knows, maybe I'll make a hacked PS Vita video, just like the Maricot one at some point, maybe. But, beside the point, um, I hacked it and checked out some stuff, got some fan patches loaded, and uh, one of the ones I've started is, uh, well actually, the only one I've started so far, but I plan to like play through the rest of them, is Trails in the Sky Evolution. So, um, for those who don't know, in Japan, back in the day, uh, Chara Ani ported the Trails in the Sky trilogy and the Crossbell games, so the first five games in the series before the Cold Steel games, to the Vita. And this game was the Evolution, so it's got some extra features. So, first off, HD remaster with textures. It has new art, uh, new like music to play, although there is the option to get the original music as free DLC. There's some other things as well, like there's some quality life improvements as well. Uh, it's really, it makes it like, I'd say it's probably the most playable versions of the games yet. And for me, as like a person who struggles with the attention span to play long RPGs, it's the most accessible way for me to play it, and I've got it now. And I'm really liking it. Uh, in terms of accessibility, this is the most accessible way for me to play it, not just because of the sitting in front of a computer thing, it's just really difficult for me. But in terms of official releases, it's just not available in Europe any other way. And this release is basically um, the PC versions of the games are there. But for the first game, is physical only now because the physical like release is like now really expensive, and the digital version got delisted like years ago. Uh, second chapter is available on PSN, but who knows how long, and it's also well kind of expensive as well. And then Trails of the Sky the first is not available at all. That's PC only. And I Falcon have talked about wanting to port like older games to like the Switch, etc. And that would be cool, but for me, like, I'm just finding it really overwhelming, like, seeing all these, like, these other, like, Trails games coming out, they got Zero and Azor and then Hajimari, and then you've got Neyuta as well, but Neyuta's basically mostly standalone, and it's like, it just feels overwhelming, I just want to get on top of it, and I want to start playing through this arc, so then when it comes to, like, the games next year, when, like, Hajimari comes out, and then also playing through 3 and 4 as well, because those games are, like, those games are like already out on Switch. It's just like trying to get in order before the arcs continue because it's Kuro and it's just like the games are great. The world building is very good, um, but it's just kind of like yeah, it feels overwhelming. So about the game itself, um, it's it's you can tell it's a lot more old school. It's not high school setting or anything like that, which is what's in the Cold Steel arc. It's basically like. Two braces, Estelle and Joshua, and you go around helping people, leveling up, and then then their father goes on a trip, and then they don't know what happens to their father, and they've got to go out and, like, as they find him and then do other stuff. It's basically evolving from there, and you see other things, like, you kind of already see, like, how it connects other games in the series, like, straight off, like, mentions of Erebonia, for example, and it's weird jumping from Cold Steel to Sky, and then kind of seeing that perspective, and it's kind of interesting, which is uh, something that really appeals to me. And then they've got the gameplay, which is very actually very similar to the Gold Steel, just not in like full 3D. Fields are fine. It is cool. Um, I don't know how long it'll take me to beat. Probably a long time. I've probably been at it for at least like 15 hours now. 15, not 50. But it's really cool. And I'm hoping I can get somewhere with it. So 
finish that and maybe like hopefully before Xenoblade 3 comes out it's basically been what's taken me over in terms of gaming time at the moment because it's just well it's hooked me um I'm hoping that I won't be too burnt out because I know there's a cliffhanger ending for Sky it's quite well known it's one reason why people were demanding the second game be localized so badly and that's I'm hoping I don't get too sucked into playing the second game too soon because I know Xenoblade 3 is coming out and I'm like I want to play Xenoblade 3 and also, like, finish other things, like Cupid Parasite, which I have played a bit more of, but not enough I want to talk about, because, well, Trails in the Sky's taken over, so, uh, that's a lot to deal with, to be honest. It's just a lot, and it's like, I don't want to overwhelm myself, so, if I like playing Q Power, I'll play that, but it mainly be Trails in the Sky. Especially because, well, Hacked Feeder, and it's great. And finally, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I played the demo for Trinity Trigger, I didn't play too much of it, mainly because it's actually a Japanese demo. There's, like, no Western release confirmed for it, so naturally the demo will be in Japanese only, which is fine. Um, this game was basically, like, an action RPG, basically designed as, like, a throwback to, like, 90s by people who designed them back then. It's really meant to be simple, and it's it's really good, actually, from what I've played. It's very simple, but that's fine. Kind of like, kind of like if I was playing East an older style of East game, but with an HD lick of paint, and maybe some mana as well, from what I've seen from other people as well, with mana comparison. Uh, it's in the snow, it's a tutorial, which you don't really need Japanese to kind of understand the very basics, but in terms of the more advanced combat, I think you will need to know it. I don't know enough to confidently, like, talk about it, and that kind of thing, but I can definitely foresee it being picked up for the West. I, th I think it will get picked up for the West, because it's, like, just that good. And when you find a game where it's like, oh, that's good enough to, like, come to the West, you know you're going to find a gem. And I really hope that this game, like, lives up to the demo. That I like the demo. The, the gameplay is simple but engaging. The art is lovely. It very much feels like a, a traditional RPG, which is what the devs are going for, from what I've played. And the, the aesthetic also reminds me a lot of the Alliance Live, like... Based off the images I saw of that, because I haven't played the Alliance Live, unfortunately. I do want to, but it's basically like... It's just hard to get hold of that game for Switch, and it's just like... <laughs> ridiculous. But hopefully this game will, will live up to it, and I do actually want to pick up Trinity Trigger as well. Maybe when it comes out day one, because I think it might be good enough, because it really is on my radar. And this demo has kind of been like, there's definitely promise here, and I hope it lives up to it. And that's going to be me done for this episode of Miller's Game Room. And the big episode number 20 will be coming later this month, as I mentioned earlier. Can't give an exact date. Probably later than two weeks, but I'll try. And it's going to be fun. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please like do the usual algorithm stuff, like I mentioned at the start. Liking, commenting, subscribing, boosting stuff, five-star reviews, etc. And thank you so much for watching. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.